Subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Welcome back to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Matt and Garrett are back sharing airspace with you, and we are excited to be here. Real quick on our normal intro, if you want to go check out our Facebook group, go to the Ninja Selling Podcast in Facebook. You will find a group of wonderful people there, like-minded individuals that love ninja. And we hope you come and join us there because it's a fun group, lots of great interaction, great sharing, great learning inside the community. If you want to learn more about ninja selling as you're listening to this and you're like, what in the world is ninja selling and why in the world am I listening to this? Go check out ninjaselling.com. You can find all of our classes there that we offer around the United States. You can find coaching opportunities that we offer that I can help you with if that's something you want to learn more about. And until then, we have a topic. We're going to jump into the crazy rating systems. And what do they really mean, these rating systems? And what does a five-star rating really mean? And maybe this whole darn system is meant for the wrong person and it's broken. Oh, it's broken. It's definitely broken. <laughs> this is a fun one, Garrett. And we, we were bantering about it before we recorded because this can go in so many directions. And I think the question that we should just throw out up front is, you know, everybody's looking for these reviews, right? Oh, I got to have five stars. I want to have this. And then, oh, let's attach a testimonial to that. And what does it really mean? And the question is, do you actually want feedback on your business or do you just want a five-star rating? Because the two are different. And this is where you got my attention, Matt, when we were like, again, bantering before hit record, is that most people, and I was going back to when I was in the car industry and we would sell a vehicle. I worked for Audi, Land Rover, Jaguar up in Seattle. And we'd sell a vehicle and at the end of the sale, we'd say, okay, Part of the process here is you're going to get a form. It's going to basically have you fill out what my performance was, what your experience was here at the dealership. And anything less than a... And I th- I'm trying to remember it was a 5 or 10 star. Let's just use 10. Anything less than 10 stars is a fail. It doesn't look good in my report. So if there's anything I could do right now to make it a 10, yeah, I'd love to be able to do that. And we typically got 10 star reviews. We got these, you know, they filled them out and did the thing that we wanted. And it's like, great. Was it an honest review of my performance? Was it an honest review of the dealership? Did I put them in a position where they felt bad for Garrett, that Garrett would get in trouble? So they just went like, well, here, let's just give him this. Because I mean, he, he did great. Like He did a great job. I don't want him to get in trouble for anything. We've kind of broken this idea of what this was for. Because if we're really trying to use it to be better, Matt, this is what you brought up, which I was so excited to see. Like, okay, let's expand on this. If you personally are really trying to use this to get better, you want to know when you're a five out of 10. Like that's healthy feedback. It's super helpful. And everybody has different service. And we try to use these rating systems to compare one agent to another agent. And I understand the Google reviews, the Zillow reviews, and all that stuff, but there's a place for that. Because I also think if you're going and asking somebody, hey, can you please review me on Zillow or Google? What you're really asking somebody is, please go say something nice about me. Please go give me a testimonial that will inspire somebody else to come do business with me, which is a really big ask. I'm not saying we shouldn't have that ask as part of our process, but what if we started with, hey, I'd like to hear how your experience was with our business. Would you please take a moment to fill this out? And instead of having these numbers and scales and stars, what if there was just like baseline satisfactory? 
did we do what we said we were going to do? And did we meet your expectations? It's a pass fail on that. And then it's, did we exceed them, right? You know, which can be exceptional, but this whole five-star, three-star, we've become this five-star society. You hop in an Uber and they take you from point A to point B on time. And you're like, wow, five-star. That was the most, like, was it really the most amazing ride you've ever had? We had two five-star rides in Albuquerque, and one of them, now that I'm looking back on it, was not a five-star ride. It was not a five-star ride. He got us to where we needed to go. He honked at some people in the parking lot, which is like, I don't think you need to do that. It's either that or he's going to run him down. He's like, I'm just going to give him warning before I plow over him. That's what I kind of felt like his energy was. But here's my thing, Matt, too, with like, okay, Uber specifically and the five-star ratings that we have to give them. I'm at a point in our society right now that I look at anything less than a five-star that I'm giving somebody, and it makes me wonder, does that affect the next person? Like, Can they see the ratings that I've given everybody? Because they want to know, am I picking up a crazy person or am I picking up somebody that's like somewhat normal, which I fall somewhere in between? And when you're picking these people up, like, I want to make sure that I have the best chance of getting a ride next time. So I want to make sure let's get like, well, if I'm doing five stars and they're like, oh, this guy gives five stars, I'll go run over there and pick him up. I start to wonder, like, can I hurt my ability of getting future rides by actually giving honest feedback if something was off, which, again, then breaks the system of these reviews. They don't really mean so much. Well, Turo is another good example. I rented out a car on Turo for a period of time. And I know you have a lovely experience with Turo. I love Uh, Turo. I don't like the guys that, yeah, that tell you you trashed your car for leaving a water bottle in there, which is ridiculous. But the great part about the way those systems work is you can't see the review that somebody gives you until you give them a review. So it's it's blind. You know, but then after the fact, you can always go back and like, and I'm part of these Turo forums because of you know, running a Turo business for a short period of time. And you see all these people complaining about the four stars and all this stuff. And it's like five star becomes satisfactory now. And it's like if they everyone says, yeah, a guest should get five stars if they return the car and it's relatively clean. Like they did what they said they were going to do. They returned the car on time, five stars. I'm like, well, is that really a five star guest? Like maybe we should remove the five star and just say thumbs up, thumbs down. Like that's it. And then you can go to the reviews and learn more about that and average out the thumbs up, thumbs down. If you want like a 87.5% thumbs up versus thumbs down, because now I'm at the point where I don't even look at the star rating. I say, okay, if it's four or five stars, then I'll consider it. And now let me go read the reviews to really understand what's going on because Five stars doesn't tell me anything. It doesn't tell me that I'm going to get pampered when I show up. Five stars does not tell me that I'm getting foot massages and nice classical soft music playing. It just tells me, yep, this will be satisfactory. Well, okay, that's not fair. When you looked at it, you'd mentioned like, okay, let's like first standard of like satisfactory, like for an airplane. And this is, these are your words you said, which I thought was great. It's like you got into an Airbus. It took you through space basically and got you to your destination. It took you across the country in hours, okay? Was that a successful trip? Yes. Well, again, satisfactory. Job was done. It's exactly what you paid for. Done. Now, are there items that make that experience more enjoyable? Like, did you have a attendant on that flight? We all know there's good attendants and there's ones that are like, yep, I got a flight attendant. And there are certain ones that make you go like, oh my gosh, like I tend to banter with people and joke with people a lot. And 
it's fun to see when you have somebody that will like engage with you. Like that for me is like above satisfactory. If I have somebody that will engage and banter with me and joke with me, it's like, all right, you are enjoying your job and you're enjoying this environment more than just I'm showing up, I'm at work, here's your peanuts, I'm moving along. Come back with drinks in a second. You look at that and you say, okay, like that's above and beyond. And Matt, it's interesting when you go look at these reviews, as you said, four and five stars, then you go and you say, okay, let me look at all of these. And you start scanning down through them. And more often than not, they're like, it was a great experience. Enjoyed my food. Really? Like, is that, is that deserving now? Like I'm, I'm, you got my brain working in a whole different way around these things. We bring it over to the realtor then, right? And how many testimonials have we seen where it's, Garrett did a great job, showed up on time, really walked us through the transaction and made it an easy process. Five stars. It's like Garrett did his job and got five stars. Like nothing exceptional, did the job, which might be good enough. There's nothing wrong with that. Doing the job well is, is a good thing. But is that really five stars? I don't think it is deserving of that if we really think about what five stars should be and what five stars used to be. Think about a Michelin star restaurant. They have their rating system. Like exceptional is like one star. Yep. Now we go up into like outrageously exceptional, above and beyond, and all of these things. And there's no room for that anymore. There's no room to really tell the difference between someone who's going to get the job done with expectations met versus someone who's going to make my experience a whole different world. And that's where we then you tie that to when people are like, oh man, why are people so like arguing with commission? Because we have created this rating system that paints everybody the same. If everyone's a five-star agent, then no one's a two-star agent. If everybody's a five-star agent, then no one's deserving of getting paid more than the next one. Well, and the rating system changed from a way to understand where your service is and how you could be better to a marketing system is what it did. That's how it shifted. Is like this is now how people are going to like want to come and, and be at my restaurant, be use my service, you know, as a real estate agent, whatever it might be. And what if you took a step back with the whole rating system? You created your own rating system, Matt, that wasn't about how can I market this out to people, but how can I truly be better at what I'm offering in my services? Because if you did have that breakdown of like, okay, satisfactory, and what was above satisfactory? What was considered exceptional service? And have somebody describe it. Why did I even deserve that rating? What made it be that way? So that you can learn. And anything unsatisfactory, as you were saying, is like, okay, what caused it to be unsatisfactory? And learn from these things, not to be able to project it out to be like, look at me, look at all my ratings. I get it. There's a great marketing piece around that. But what if it was more about you being better than people seeing that you have five stars? Because I do agree with you, Matt. The five-star rating doesn't tell me very much anymore. Not about who I'm using. And if you want to link this to the marketing side of it and getting those five stars on Zillow and Google, use your first point of feedback as a filter. If you really want a good testimonial, ask somebody for feedback versus asking them for a testimonial. Right? Say, hey, would you mind just answering a few questions? And I'm curious to hear how your experience was. And if you're at a, a big brokerage or a small brokerage, talk to them, see if they can set this up for you too, because they should be checking on the experience of their clients. Because remember who they are actually contracted with is the broker, not the agent. So they should be doing this stuff too and say, hey, we want to hear from you. How was your experience? If they're getting thumbs up satisfactory across the board, awesome. Great. Don't need to worry about that agent. They're doing a good job. 
Then they say, hey, actually, Garrett went above and beyond. Ooh, now you are actually have a, a built-in testimonial right there. Hey, thanks so much for your feedback. Would you mind sharing that with other people? Oh, you know what? It was unsatisfactory. I wasn't pleased. Great. Tell me more. Well, I went under contract and I didn't hear from my realtor anymore. Oh, so they weren't doing their customer service calls. But we got to the end. We still got the home sold. The price was fine. You know, it just, just was a little less than satisfactory. It was We would have liked a little bit more attention. Those are the types of feedback that can help you improve your business so that the next person that comes in writes an raving review. That's how you turn it around versus just getting these kind of lies of exceptionalism. Is that fair? I think you're definitely onto something here. And I think that if we can, I mean, really, we could start a movement, Matt. Everyone's like, why am I getting three stars all of a sudden? Well, listen to this podcast of Matt and Garen. Three stars is actually the standard of like, you did the job. Maybe we start a new company that helps people get honest feedback from their clients. Do you think general population really wants the honest feedback or they just want the five stars? No, they want the five stars. Of course they do. That's why most of the industry is poor performers, or I should say sub-satisfactory performers. So not to burst your bubble around this, but I don't think we can start a business around this because I don't think anybody really wants that information. The riches are in the niches, Garrett. The riches are in the niches. Okay. So I know people, I have people that I work with that I know that would want that information. They are the people that I, a lot of the people I coach. The people who listen to this podcast want that information. I bet they do. They would want that information. You are our audience. If we were to start this business, so you are definitely our audience. With that being said, is that it would be, I think, really interesting to transform that rating system more so into a, again, away from a marketing piece and more so into a bettering yourself performance, bettering the offerings you have to be able to give to people because thumbs up, thumbs down, just to start it off right there. It's like, it's, it's a pass fail up front. Did you do the job? We're happy with the results or are there things that we thought could be better? Let's just start there and then you can start getting more information. Well, and if we... Relate this to running a ninja business. Why are we so concerned about getting so many five-star reviews out there? And I know there's two answers to that. One being, well, that becomes my storefront. Anybody who's referred or is, is pointed to me, I want them to go see that I have those experiences. Okay, great. And the other, which is more common, is because I want anybody who's looking for real estate to find me and see my reviews so that they choose me over the next person, which is, well, if we're running a referral-based business, do we need all that? Or do we actually need people out there who are going out there and saying, you have to use Garrett because it was the most outstanding experience. I didn't even think that I could have that kind of experience selling my house. I didn't even think that I could have a realtor that is that attentive and cares that much about me and my goals. Until I met Garrett. I don't need five-star reviews then. I have lots of those reviews, by the way. That is going to drive more business to you than the five-star reviews. I'm not saying the five-star reviews are bad, but if you get the feedback so that you can up your level of performance so your people are out there talking about you, sharing information about you, even the things that you do post-closing, the things that you do during the transaction... If you do things that are exceptional, and you'll know because your clients will share them on social media. I mean, we live in a hyper-connected world. Like You know if you're giving above five-star performance because people are going to share it. And if they're not sharing it, then we're just doing satisfactory. People don't share acceptable. I don't like open up my door every day and there's an Amazon box and post it. Oh my God, Amazon delivered on time today. Like I don't go and rave about that. But Matt, the words you just used, which is, am I providing service that's above a five-star review, above a five-star rating? 
And I think that that's a great mindset to be in because so much of us look at it as like, well, five stars is perfect. And what we're trying to help you understand here and see, and this is where we're like, we need to hit record and have some fun with this, is that five stars is not perfect anymore. It is turned into this thing where people just go like, oh, five stars, they did the job, where I think, again, in combination with you here, we need to step back and look at this and say, what if I went above five stars? And I actually think there's a whole bunch of stars that are not visible. We don't have the ability of pushing them because, again... Those two Uber rides that we took, both of them were good. The second one, I would say now looking at our like little new rating system, maybe a four-star. First one was maybe a two-star. Seemed like a nice guy. But now that I'm like kind of like really like going like, oh, I don't want to just be nice to him, just give him a five-star rating. There are levels beyond. He made us a deal though. He said before he dropped off, he's like, you guys are great. I'm giving you a five-star. He kind of bartered with you on that one too. We were great. We are a backseat entertainment is what we are. Like, <laughs> we are amazing. <laughs> Matt and I are in podcast mode all the time. Let's look at this too, right? Because, okay, there's the feedback on stars, but like, let's talk about hotels for a second because hotels have star ratings based on what they offer. You go to a one-star hotel and you expect there to be a bed. That's pretty much it. I've stayed in some of those. I actually had dirt in the bed one time. It was really nice. One star. And so you you have these review systems and then you have just rating systems. And we kind of took these rating systems and then transferred it over to these reviews. But if you go to a five-star hotel, the expectation now is a way higher. And so on the review side, it's going to also be a little bit more strict. Whereas you, let's say you go to a one-star hotel and there's a bed and nobody enters your room at night. Cool. When you leave, you're going to give that hotel a five-star review. Now you go to a five-star hotel and there wasn't a mint on your pillow when you got into your room, they're now getting a four or three-star rating. It's like, wait a minute. I think that's the easiest way to look at how we do our rating systems and say, hey, okay, we should probably do this in a different way so that we can get actual, honest, good feedback that we can use to better our business. Which means setting consumers' expectations of what the services that they're going to be provided. When I go to a five-star hotel, there is a certain level that I expect. And there are certain places, like you go to a Ritz-Carlton and you walk to the lobby and they're like, Mr. Fry, it's good to see you again today as you walk through. And they're like, I'm like, do I have a name badge on? Like, how do they remember my name? They must have scanned my phone. They must be like listening. And I can go to a different five-star hotel where they don't do that. It's a great experience. It's a wonderful hotel. And you know we're being taken care of, but... Yeah, there's something special about them remembering my name when they saw me, stopping and acknowledging, how's your day-to-day? Do you guys have any fun plans with your family? And like taking that time to make it an experience for me, it's like, okay, their ranking system, even though both five-star resorts or hotels, this one went above and beyond. So, And it was something little, something just something so simple, but so noticeable. There's a lot to this. I think it's the getting out of the box of what we think is deserving of a five-star. And again, when you start talking about this, Matt, what really hit home for me is like, is it about showing people like what we're doing or is it really about bettering yourself by getting these reviews? And I don't know very many people that gather their reviews, gather this information specifically to sit down at the end of the day and say, okay, how can I raise the bar for my business? It's more like, oh, I got a, I got a review that wasn't very good. I'm going to hide that one. And uh, we're going to take these other ones that are good and we'll keep pushing forward. 
I think what's interesting too, the, this is another big opportunity off of doing it that way where you really understand the real feedback is these are customers for life. These are customers that we want to have again and again and, and want to go out there and say good things about us. So if they had a subpar experience, or maybe they just had a satisfactory experience, now we know and can work on changing that experience. In fact, if you take some of those, I'll call them the thumbs down reviews where they're like, yeah, you know, there were some balls dropped that made this experience not as enjoyable as it could have. If you're able to turn certain things around for those people, sometimes those become your best raving fans because they get to see, hey, they listened to me. They listened to the feedback and changed the experience. This is incredible. The worst thing we can do is get that feedback and do nothing about it. Because then they go, yep, I knew that it was like that all along. You know what's interesting too is if you got a satisfactory from somebody, it's very hard to go to them and say, well, how could I have made this exceptional? How could I have made this over the top? Because they actually shouldn't know those answers. They shouldn't be able to say, well, if you had done this, because again, this is now out of the realm of what they were even expecting to begin with. They don't even know what these things are. Like I would have never thought about somebody at a hotel remembering my name and addressing me every single time I walk through lobbies and get into elevators and weird things like that. I would have never sat there and went like, well, if you remembered my name while I was at the hotel and acknowledged me, that would have kicked it up to this level. They don't even know what that could be. That's the cool part about going to these upper levels, which you should be acknowledged for. You should be able to share that information and have that testimonial and be like, that's something that someone's going to read. And they're going to be like, oh, that's above what I was expecting. That's something that I would pay maybe more money for. That is something that there's value there for me and my family and where we're going. When it's about you learning how you can be better and create more of those experiences that are above just the standard rating, your business is going to grow, your connections with your people. It, it, there's so many things that are going to happen around that. I'm at a loss for words around it, but it's just, it's like, that's the opportunity. Yeah, it really is. So I would encourage everyone to build some type of internal feedback survey that you can share with your clients. If you're a broker, I would highly recommend you do this and, and do it off of the vision of, I want to get some feedback on how my customers are experiencing this business. Not, I want to get some testimonials that I can splash out there for marketing. That's cool. You can do both. You can even make it super simple and just say, hey, do you have a story or testimonial you want to share? And do you have any feedback that you'd like to share? You don't even need a rating system. So you have two separate places for them to say, yeah, here's my story and here's my praise and then here's my feedback. Awesome. You can digest that and figure out whether that's thumbs up, the thumbs down, and exceptional or whatever. Like you don't even need a rating system sometimes for this. You just need some some feedback. That's the best thing you could do for your business to then level it up and continue to provide an amazing experience. And that's what I encourage everybody to do. Figure out how to do that. A Google form <laughs> you can use. It's like it's super easy to do. Or the Matt and Garrett business that will start someday. Yeah, we'll kick that off. In the meantime, if you are a broker, I think you're going to implement this into your office or you want to play with this in your office. I think it's really important that you take away that this very top level of the scale is a pass-fail point. Like You need to have that conversation with the agents that maybe want to participate in this with you to say, look, the satisfactory place... Like that's really like upfront where we need to know, are we exceeding or are we failing? That's the, we're doing the job that was expected of us. 
And we're then asking ourselves is how can we bump this experience up for people? But you need to take off the top of the scale as the pass fail. And that's where a lot of these systems have been designed into now that if it's not that top, like the win or lose side of things, there's so much to learn about that middle of the scale and how do we move the bar a little bit? Yeah, no doubt. Nice topic, Matt. This was great. Thanks for um, going down this path with me, Garrett. And thanks everybody for tuning in. As always, we love having you join us. And I really enjoy all the feedback that y'all share with us, whether it's an email or, or a message that you send us through Facebook. We just appreciate everybody out there tuning in and supporting each other in our Facebook community at facebook.com slash groups slash The Ninja Selling Podcast. And also, if you ever want to search our over 400 episodes, go to TheNinjaSellingPodcast.com. You can search our topics because we've done a lot of different episodes here. So you can go there and search for some topics if you're looking for a specific podcast on something. And if you want to learn more about Ninja Selling, as always, you can go to ninjaselling.com. If you have not read the Ninja Selling book, I highly encourage you to pick it up because it has everything you need to know about Ninja. It has the systems that you need to run your business in an exceptional Ninja way. And then you can also find installations and more information about coaching as well at ninjaselling.com. So appreciate you all for joining us. Garrett, good to see you, my friend. And thank you. Good to see you as always. And I just want to throw out there, Matt, we did not acknowledge it properly and we have not given it the attention that it needs, but we have recorded over 400 episodes. I know. That's not for the listeners. That's for you, man. Like, and I know they're still listening, but we have recorded over 400 episodes, man. I just want to tell you, congratulations. This has been so much fun. I would have never thought we'd be sitting here talking about 400 episodes I remember when we crossed 100, we were like, whoa, and now we are four times that. And uh, man, congratulations. It's pretty awesome. And congrats to you too. And it's funny that our, our podcast editor, Greg, had to remind us by titling our 400th episode, it's the 400th episode. And he sent us a little pre-record banter clip, which was absolutely amazing. And so thanks to Greg and the whole team at Podigy for what they do to actually do all the editing and getting this stuff posted so that y'all can hear it. It's uh, pretty awesome. So. Looking forward to the next 400 as well. Right on, man. Thank you. Take care, everybody. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at theninjasellingpodcast.com. There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. Have an incredible day.